And welcome back, everybody. Episode 10 of the Announcer Schedule Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gill, along with Phil DeMont-Mollin from At Announcer Skeds. We are back with another week of news in the announcer world. We've got uh, plenty of things to reflect on. We've got um, some news in the NFL. The NFL season just about four weeks away, and we've got announcer news on all of that. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, to the podcast feed, Sports Media Watch. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Phil, episode 10, the people are still listening. How about that? Yeah, episode 10, it's great to be back with you, Mike. Again, a lot of news, as you mentioned, with football um, getting going on the preseason side with the NFL, college football around the corner as well. But I know we want to spend a lot of today Reflecting even further on Vin Scully, we did some of that last week on on quick notice, you know, after the news of uh, Mr. Scully's passing. But I know um, there's been a ton of tributes since and um, looking forward to digging into that as well. Yeah. Now, you told uh, a lot of our listeners on the podcast last week that you had once worked a game with Vin Scully, which is an amazing thing in itself. But now that you've had another week to kind of reflect and hear some more stories, what are some of the things that maybe – uh, we left out last week. There was just such a quick wave of emotion, and you shared that story that you got a chance to work with him. Uh, but now after a week of reflection, uh, what are some of the other things that maybe we didn't hit on last week that we think uh, some of our listeners might be intrigued by? Yeah, uh, appreciate that, Mike. And I, I have had the chance to think back even even further after recording that with you uh, on that experience myself with with Vin Scully and just what a gentleman he was and, and how easy it was to work with him in the booth as his uh, statistician for that Marlins Dodgers series uh, that I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, you know, kind of the one thing that first comes to mind postscript after, you know, the Scully news came out was I don't know if we talked quite enough about just his influence on Southern California and Los Angeles, you know, making that move uh, with the Brooklyn Dodgers to Los Angeles and just how seismic that was for the whole American sports landscape. And initially uh, Scully and the Dodgers uh, were performing at the old LA Memorial Coliseum, which is a mammoth uh, facility and not exactly designed for baseball, whereby if you're sitting in the stands, you're very far from the actual diamond. And right around this time, the uh, transistor radio had uh, debuted, you know, as far as what the public could have in their hand. And literally, people would attend the game and have transistor radios. Remember, this is before uh, earbuds and headphones and all those kind of things. So they're holding radios up to their ear, listening to Vin Scully as the game's happening at L.A. Memorial Coliseum as a conduit so they can tell who the players are on the field because the seat locations are so far away. And just from there on forward, all those years calling Dodger baseball, you know, so very much the soundtrack of Los Angeles as it grew into this enormous part of the United States, but also, you know, its sports influence grew and Scully and Dodgers radio, just such a huge part of that. And the tributes coming out of Los Angeles are, are you know, um, multiplying what we're doing here, you know, on a national level. You know, there's a a mural up um, that actually was was put up back in 2020 of Scully, Kobe Bryant, and Chick Hearn, uh, who's the the longtime announcer 
of the Lakers. And that has gotten some more attention, which is really cool. You know, Chick Hearn was there for 41 years, Bob Miller for 44 years with the LA Kings. And then Vin Scully was there for 67 years with the Dodgers. So that's some serious longevity between those three Southern California announcers. And, you know, um, they replayed, there was a, there was a round table with those three that, you know, some of the, the regional networks uh, replayed this past week, which was just fascinating. You can find that on, on YouTube as well, but just the outpouring of emotion and appreciation of Vince Scully from Southern California. They had, a, they had a great event at Dodger stadium. Charlie Steiner narrated a really cool uh, tribute video uh, on Vince Scully that played on the big screens there at Dodger Stadium and some great moments there. But, you know, can't understate his influence on California. And it's interesting, you know, he's a guy from from New York City, from from Brooklyn, who was able to, you know, kind of shift gears and, and uh, become so synonymous and so at home in Southern California. You know, uh, the rivalry they have with the Giants, uh, this hatred rivalry, even the Giants, uh, went out of their way to do stuff uh, to acknowledge uh, how great and what the impact that Vince Scully had. Now, he had an impact on me, my least favorite call from Vince Scully. We're going to play. Uh, last week, we played a couple of calls. You heard the Kirk Gibson call. We played uh, the catch. Uh, he did some football as well. But, Phil, of all the calls from Vince Scully, this one is probably my least favorite. I'll explain why. This crowd has hollered itself weak. Henderson at second, Molitor at first, one out of the ninth, 6-5 Philadelphia. Stottlemyre and Castillo throwing in case of extra innings. Fastball is hit to left field, down the line, in the corner, home run! over the left field wall and the Toronto Blue Jays come back with three in the bottom of ninth inning to become the world's champions yet again. The final score, Toronto 8, Philadelphia 6. Uh, that was Vince Scully calling probably my least favorite moment, Phil, in all of baseball as 16-year-old Mike Gill was watching that game hopeful that this rowdy, wild bunch of the 93 Phillies, a bunch of vagabonds and castoffs, could win, and he calls the Joe Carter home run, which in this marketplace is probably the worst play in the history of the franchise. 
you know, it's always that kind of story. You know, one half of the fans are looking at it from that perspective and the other half with joy. And, um, you know, certainly a memorable call there. That was a uh, national radio call on CBS radio. Uh, the TV call for that one, by the way, Sean McDonough and Tim McCarver on CBS television uh, McDonough at the time had become the youngest play-by-play announcer to ever call World Series games. He had he had debuted in 92 the year before at age 30, and it was at age 31 for this call um, along with Tim McCarver. But then Scully handling the radio um, after, you know, um, the rights went to CBS on the TV side. Johnny Bench, by the way, was Scully's partner on the, on the radio broadcast. Um, we haven't mentioned Johnny Bench yet, I don't think, in our, our 10 episodes. And, you know, just uh, a memorable moment. Another one, just add it to the ledger as far as, you know, like kind of the biggest moments in baseball history that Scully was right there for the one call. One of the few walk-off home runs in the history of the World Series, the 93 World Series Joe Carter, uh, to which Mitch Williams, you know, basically was getting death threats uh, for that. I mean, that Phillies team is still one of the most popular teams you know, speaking of the announcer schedules, I mean, this weekend, I don't know if you heard any of the Pete Rose stuff, uh, which uh, the Phillies are getting criticized highly for, for allowing him to be a part of that broadcast. Uh, now, games on cable, no FCC violations, but if that game was on network television, uh, the Phillies might have been getting a bill for Pete Rose uh, for some of his actions. But um, the 93 Phillies, one of the most popular teams next to maybe the two teams that won the World Series. In fact, some people, Phil, say more popular than even the teams that won the World Series because of the characters they had on that team. Guys like Kurt Schilling, uh, Lenny Dykstra, John Crook. I mean, look what these guys have gone on to do uh, post-playing career. Some of them, um, you know, got into broadcasting. Crook still does the Phillies games. Schilling was doing some ESPN Baseball Tonight stuff. Uh, Dykstra, who the heck knows what he's doing uh, day to day? Who, where is he getting a paycheck from? Uh, but um, that team very popular, and Vince Scully called that uh, maybe one of the most famous home runs in the history of baseball to end a World Series. I mean, people forget Phillies were winning that game six five uh, in the ninth with a chance to to, to bring that game to a game uh, seven. Yeah, in- incredible moment, no doubt, and you know, kind of kind of neat that you can have access to all this scully material too yeah. you know with the technology you know we're at, we're at the right point of history that we're able to to reflect back on all this kind of stuff but well that was joe 19- carter yep joe carter uh in this area he's joe bleeping carter okay uh all right that was 1993 uh this was 1974 maybe one of the most famous calls not for only vince scully but the history of baseball pitches game. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south 
for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron, who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves, but by his father and mother. He threw his arms around his father, and as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, threw her arms around his neck, kissed him for all she was worth. As Aaron circled the bases, the Dodgers on the infield shook his hand, and that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers. He is holding his right hand high in the air, and for the first time in a long time, that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At 10 minutes after 9 in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. You could not, I guess, get two more opposite men. The Babe. All right, so that was uh, 715. Uh, Hank Aaron breaks the record by uh, Babe Ruth at that time in the 70s. And you heard him mention a black man being uh, mobbed by all these people. His mother is there. His father is there. The Dodgers are shaking his hand. I mean, just a different time. I love how he mentions 10 minutes after 9 on the night. Uh, But much like if you heard the Carter call before, all that room that he just let Aaron run around the bases before giving you all that information. Yeah, really incredible. You know, last week on our first go-around with Vin Scully, we played the Kirk Gibson home run and also the Bill Buckner play in the Mets-Red Sox game. This one has the biggest probably historical significance. By the way, Buckner was mentioned in that call there. And Buckner was mentioned in that call, which is interesting, the left fielder. So kind of that all comes full circle with, with Bill Buckner. You know, but the the historical significance of that moment can't be understated. You know, Hank Aaron had received death threats, and this was a huge story in terms of uh, Hank Aaron um, approaching and then surpassing Babe Ruth's record. And Scully was masterful in documenting it. And we've talked about this before. You know, when you've got these huge moments, these historic moments, these calls are going to be preserved. I mean, this one's probably in the Library of Congress, I would imagine. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that you've got one chance to basically help write history. And Scully did it so well. We mentioned on the last uh, show as well, but he literally took off his headset in the booth, uh, stepped away, took a sip of coffee, and then came back almost like, you know, some self-restraint to make sure he let that moment breathe and then detailing what's happening on the field uh as that's happening and he and aaron's getting mobbed by the way one of those people mobbing hank aaron at home plate when he hit the 715th home run craig sager the late craig sager who was fresh out of northwestern uh in his early 20s uh one of his early assignments you know working for for uh i believe Turner at the time and he was down there and and um you know able to to help out in in terms of getting one of the very first interviews with with Hank Aaron right there on the spot so 
really interesting, you know, kind of, you know, the, um, the serendipity of it all and just that that incredible moment. But once again, Scully delivers. Delivered there, 1991. Let's fast forward to this moment, Vince Scully World Series. And the 2-1 pitch to the Minnesota center fielder is driven to deep left center field. Back goes Keith Mitchell. It is gone. Home run pocket. And Charlie Liebrand has turned the lights out in the Metrodome again. That's a great call there. And again, you feel you hear how he allows Puckett to round the bases before he really uh, describes what the meaning of that home run is. I love how he gives you Liebrandt, turns out the lights in the Metrodome again. Charlie Liebrandt was the pitcher uh, on the mound for the Braves in that moment. And uh, uh, Kirby Puckett uh, with that home run to win it. Yeah, no doubt about it there. Another classic call and kind of amazing that, you know, there were all these amazing World Series moments all within about a a decade or so between Buckner, Gibson, Puckett, Carter, you know, these really memorable uh, moments in, in World Series history. And once again, Scully on the radio side for this one uh, Johnny Bench was with him again on on that call uh the TV side was uh Jack Buck handled the play-by-play along with Tim MacArthur on um CBS television uh, by the way I just wanted to 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 correct one thing I had mentioned just a minute earlier Craig Sager by the way I don't I don't even know if Turner Sports was in existence that far back but that was an assignment for a radio station out of Sarasota, Florida that happened to be an Atlanta Braves affiliate and Sager just kind of happened to be in the right place at the right time kind of thing. I, I just wanted to, to clarify that, but uh, just amazing moments. Once again, Kirby Puckett, Joe Carter, Hank Aaron, and you know Scully uh, bringing home the goods. Uh, he brought home the goods. We talked last week, Phil, about what kind of storyteller he was and how he was able to get information on, you know, role players and utility guys and had uh, information on these guys that you were just like, how much time did you spend before the game talking to the nine-hole, the eight-hole hitter? I guess there was no DH uh, in the National League at that time to get that story. Well, uh, this is a story that we both found very interesting, and it had nothing to do with the players, but take a listen. And the batter, Gio Vitella. You know, looking at Clayton Kershaw's uniform with all the dirt on it, it reminds us about the importance of dirt to certain people. And if you go back, you know, first of all, the umpires get a certain dirt and they rub the new balls before putting them in the game. Back in 1916, the Yankees were playing in the polar grounds. And whenever the Washington Senators came to New York to play the Yankees, would you believe? They brought their own dirt. <laughs> You're saying what? Yeah, they did. They would bring their own dirt to dry their hands. 
and they claim the soil around home plate in the polo grounds was trick dirt. Have <laughs> you ever heard of trick dirt? Here's the 1 1 pitch on the way. Fastball banged into right field, base hit. So Giovatella 2 4 2. Single to center, single to right. And the battle will be Shane Robinson. Yeah, to conclude the thought, the Washington Senators, as they were then called, said that instead of drying the moisture on their hands, the dirt in the polar grounds made their hands slippery and the balls and bats harder to handle. How about that? Trick dirt. Well, there's nothing tricky about Kershaw. He tried to get the third on a base hit, and it looks like Linus. <laughs> That's uh, a great story about the dirt going back to 1916 at the Polo Grounds. He brings that story in the middle of the game, and somehow Phil weaves in there that the hitter bangs a base hit, and he describes that perfectly. Yeah, once again, Scully bringing the storytelling side of things into the equation and also the information side of things, these anecdotes, these historical uh, stories, and, you know, really cool how he weaves them in. And, you know, as the viewer or the listener, you you learn even more, not just about, you know, what's happening on the field and the in the baseball game, but certainly uh, history and uh, you name it, no topic uh, uh, left unturned. No, and you wonder if uh, a radio broadcast or a TV broadcast will ever allow there to be another type of Vince Scully who works by himself. I know on the radio here locally, uh, Tom McGinnis does the Sixers by himself. Um, but, uh, you know, baseball, you know, sitting in that booth by yourself for nine innings, uh, I don't know that that uh, is something um, that we'll see again. A guy just telling stories, describing the action in such a, um, in, in such a way that brings you, you know, just has – generations of people captured i mean um, scully was really 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s 10s uh 2000s 10s 20s i mean he had um generations of people all uh, bringing them in a common bond that's hard to do yeah i it is a, a dying breed no doubt i mean we're talking about three-person booths a lot of the times these days and you know just to do it as a uh one person broadcast is a is a old school approach and different way of doing things you know you see it still these days i would imagine in in places like minor league baseball and in those sorts of settings but as you mentioned mike you know less and less often would you ever see a a one person announcing um outfit you know especially on on a national stage uh vince scully as we mentioned last week 94 years old what a uh a pioneer of the broadcasting world in the baseball world and transcended over to football and golf. And uh, we certainly uh, had more to add to that this week here on the announcer schedules podcast. All right. Um, unless you have something more, Phil, that you want to kind of dot the I and cross the T um, we'll uh, we'll move on to some of the news of the week. Yeah. Just, just wanted to mention um, just a little bit more about Scully. You know, if you were to go to the announcer schedules, Twitter uh, feed and, and look back at the the photos that we were able to to gather. You know, really just some some cool encounters with other announcers. And we mentioned Chick Hearn and uh, the longtime voice of the LA Kings, Bob Miller. You know, so you know certainly Scully Hearn and Miller are an iconic 
trio. Uh, we also were able to dig up a photo of Chick Hearn, Vin Scully, Dick Enberg, uh, the great Jim Murray from the Los Angeles Times, and Keith Jackson at an award ceremony. Uh, that one got a, a lot of attention. Uh, Scully, along with uh John Miller, the voice of the Giants. You mentioned how the Giants and Dodgers rivalry. Well, John Miller and Vince Scully were, were very close, even though they were broadcasters for big rivals. And then, you know, it's worth mentioning Joe Davis, you know, who had the, you know, very, very tough task of, you know, succeeding Vince Scully uh, in 2016 after Scully's retirement. And, you know, uh, Scully certainly gave Davis his full blessing and so forth. And one other one that we were able to dig up, um, CBS Radio back in 1979 for the MLB All-Star Game. The announcing team for that one, Brent Musburger, Vin Scully, and Jerry Coleman. And not sure exactly how this one was configured, but Scully and Musburger were apparently in the booth together with, with Coleman handling interviews from the field so it's just kind of an interesting grouping there as well but you know the the amount of broad broadcasters and announcers who scully influenced the list is you know endless really uh the 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 broadcasting tree as far as guys who either pattern their you know their their style after scully or were influenced somehow with by scully uh bob costas al michaels a uh, marv albert as a as a you know uh Youngster in New York City, uh, Scully was one of his very early influences. Um, of course, uh, Joe Buck, you know, he he hung around uh, quite a bit with um, Scully, thanks to his dad, Jack Buck. So just the list goes on and on as far as announcers who Scully influenced. And, you know, I'm glad we were able to, you know, spend uh, plenty of time on, on two episodes, really, Mike, you know, um, because uh, Vin Scully, for what we do here at the Announcer Schedules podcast, which you mentioned last time, is about as big as it gets. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yep, and uh, I think his last work, maybe uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, he announced the uh, team uh, championship documentary that the Dodgers won in 2020. So uh, all the way to 2020, he still was kind of, uh, you know, he wasn't doing the play-by-play that year. Uh, I think his last year was, what, 16? Was that his last year on the booth? Yep, 2016 was when he retired. And one more mention, you know, there there was actually one final piece that he did earlier this season. And, you know, we've been talking about the Peacock coverage of Major League Baseball on Sundays, that package with Jason Benetti uh, handling play-by-play. Scully voiced the intro to that um, the first game of that package this year, you know, that Sunday morning package. And that first game actually – if I remember correctly, was, you know, simulcast on uh, NBC linear television. So like it was the it was the Peacock game of the week, but also on NBC. And Vin Scully voiced the open to the new season on NBC in like the return of Major League Baseball to the NBC umbrella. And it was really a kind of a powerful uh, you know, open to a show, and um, you can find that one as well. Um, we we were yeah, able I to think I have that, retweet Phil. that. Oh, I you have, got it right I, here. I have that, right. Phil. We'll we'll play that for the listeners. Here we go. Baseball is one of the great American traditions. Time passes by, sure, but the moments last forever. In our hearts, the team of the 90s has its world championship. And in our minds. For me, the dawn of each day is about getting ready for baseball. The gleam of the morning sun brings the anticipation of another great game. Now, with an early first pitch, you won't wait long. It's Sunday, and what a day for baseball. That's the uh, Sunday leadoff on uh, Peacock this season, and that was the opening uh, um, announcement right there. And he did that at age 94, you know, the, earlier this season. So um, g- great uh, touch there from Heard the Scully. The first and- call in that bra- uh, package was a Harry Callis call. Uh, it sounded like on Mike Schmidt's home uh, um, record-breaking home run there. Uh, his 500th home run, I should say. I think that was the uh, first call there. And then uh, the Buckner call was the second one in there. The Braves call, uh, the team of the 90s, I heard, was one in there and, and a Yankee call in there. So they, they mixed in a couple of uh, some calls uh, for the announcers in there. Okay, so uh, this is the Announcer Schedule podcast. And, of course, we're talking announcers. Rate, review, subscribe. Our podcast you can get on the Sports Media Watch feed, George Offman. Uh, tell me a story I don't know. This week was Wayne Larravee. I got a chance to listen to that. Uh, Wayne called Cubs. Uh, he was um, uh, Green Bay Packers. I mean, he's been all over the place, Wayne. 
Uh, you've heard him. He has some great stories, though. I, I listened to the full podcast, and uh, it is definitely worth your time. Wayne is a, is a great storyteller, number one, but he's got great stories. Uh, he's the voice of the Packers, Green Bay Packers. So check uh, Wayne out uh, on George's podcast. And then uh, the Sports Media Watch with uh, TJ and John drops on Wednesday. We're on Thursday. All you have to do is subscribe, and you get three podcasts all for the price of zero. We don't charge you for these podcasts. But you can uh, rate, review, and subscribe and get us wherever you get your podcasts. But the three most notables, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So let's get into some of the news of the week because we got some big news. Uh, Fox, in fact, I now know who's going to call the Eagles game. I'll be locked into that on um, that first NFL Sunday because Fox has announced – it's a full announcing teams for the 2022 season, and they've already announced who's going to be calling the Week 1 games. That's right, and we mentioned this last week how these it's that time of year where these press releases come out that are kind of you know, all-encompassing and, and give you the breakdown of the, the different crews. And, you know, would love to just kind of run through them here. You know, that primary team, as we were well aware of, um, you know, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, uh, two sideline reporters, uh, Aaron Andrews and Tom Rinaldi. You know they will also call the uh, Super Bowl for Fox this year, and we'll see how long that grouping sticks together with Tom Brady. You know, waiting in the wings. You know, in terms of that uh, analyst role, depending on Brady's retirement. So, no surprise there, of course, with the release that came out, and also the the news had already been reported by some on the, the sports media beats and so forth that Joe Davis, uh, Daryl Moose Johnston and Pam Oliver would be the number two team. Um, once we go from there, Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth and Christina Pink, and then Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma and Shannon Spake, Kevin Kugler, who was a guest here with us on the announcer schedules podcast. He'll be working with Mark Sanchez. Uh, this will be Kugler's third year. Um, handling play-by-play on the network level. Uh, I'm play-by-play announcer. He's in his 22nd season now of Fox NFL coverage. He will handle play-by-play duties along with Robert Smith, Jen Hale on the sidelines for that one. And, you know, as you mentioned, Mike, uh, the assignments were um, announced in terms of that week one. And, you know, there's – Quite a few one o'clock games. Uh, Davis, Johnston, and Oliver, that number one team, uh, they'll actually be, or the number two team, rather, they'll be going at one o'clock. San Francisco Bears, uh, the Eagles game, as you mentioned, uh, Eagles and Detroit, Adam Amin and uh, Mark Schlereth, Christina Pink on that one. Um, are, are people already uh, looking forward to that broadcast? I would imagine, Mike, uh, up your way. Yeah, I saw it uh, the other day. Adam Amin, who I enjoy. Mark Schlereth, kind of a veteran. He was an ESPN radio guy. So uh, if you're a radio listener in the area, you've heard him there. And um, he's been kind of in and out uh, on the Fox broadcast in terms of where they've had him on the pecking order here. It seems that he's got a little bit of a promotion here, right? Yeah, I I would say so. And then um, Saints, Falcons, uh, Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, and Shannon Spake will be on that one. That's also a 1 o'clock game. Jacksonville versus Washington. That's the Chris Myers, Robert Smith game. And then the 425 games, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota is kind of the, you know, the, that prime Fox game on that week one Sunday, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson 
Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi, and then the Giants and Titans play at 425 as well, and that's where we'll see our friend Kevin Kugler in action. So, you know, kind of interesting as we start to sort of, you know, plan for week one of the NFL regular season. You know, Thursday night football of of week one, uh, Bills um, will be in action for that one. Uh, versus the Rams and you know that game of course will be the debut of the Amazon package and then Monday night football on week one as well uh, Broncos Seahawks will see Buck and Aikman for the first time and then Sunday night football uh, Tariko uh, handling things for for Bucks Cowboys and uh, yeah it'll be here before we know it Mike absolutely and um, we obviously will keep our eyes on uh, the CBS when they announce their full lineup and their first week assignments uh, when that is out. And uh, you can get that right here on the announcer schedule podcast. we got preseason underway and uh, some more Amazon Thursday night hires as well. They keep expanding their coverage. Yeah. For, do want to spend a little bit of time on preseason because we, we mentioned last week how the uh, Hall of Fame game was was getting going and that debut of the, the NBC team. Um, want to give a um, shout out also to a website, ionskyairsports.blogspot.com. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, Big Dan 11, uh, Daniel Ornsby, a uh, great job compiling a lot of announcer listings as well. And, you know, he's got the whole preseason um, pairings for all the local TV uh, games and as you look through them, some really interesting play by play veterans, you know, that you can catch on these different broadcasts. I just wanted to run through a couple of them uh, Giants Television, uh, Bob Papa, um, Titans Television, Dan Healy on the play by play with Charles Davis as his analyst. Uh, the Falcons TV has uh, Justin Kutcher. Uh, Lions TV, Brandon Gauden, uh, Dave Pash, who uh, is a very popular broadcaster, uh, you know, on a variety of sports. He's on Cardinals TV. Um, Ian Eagle, along with Anthony Beck on Jets television. Um, up your way, Mike, uh, Scott Graham and Ross Tucker on Eagles TV. Kevin Harlan, Packers television. Greg Papa, who we've talked about, that longtime voice of the Raiders on radio. He's on 49ers TV for the preseason games. Um, Adam Amin on Bears television. Kenny Albert for the Commanders. So a lot of these national guys getting reps and also additional work and assignments with these preseason packages. And, you know, uh, kind of a fun opportunity to catch some of these guys working with some different analysts as well who would be more you know, locally focused. So, you know, keep an eye out for some of that preseason action. Um, should be a lot of fun. And by the way, Kevin Kugler, our, our guest um, earlier um, this season, uh, he'll be handling Texans TV. So you can catch him on Saints Texans this weekend. Yeah, I know Anthony Beck, by the way, is uh, a head coach in the new XFL. He's going to be the head coach of the St. Louis franchise. So he'll be broadcaster and head coach, I guess, uh, once the XFL is back, there's a uh, uh, multi-talented uh, abilities out of uh, Anthony Beck. Uh, what's he? He does the Jets, but he also does radio um, pregame stuff in Tampa Bay for a lot of their uh, during the week on uh, I think it's WDVE in Tampa. You can hear him 
down there. Yeah, and he, he does the his jet his residency is actually down in in Tampa Bay, and um, you know he he does those Jets broadcasts, and also has done a lot of college football for ESPN. So yeah. he's one of those announcers during football season uh, keeps very busy and a, a lot of uh, time in those airports. Yes, uh, one of the reasons he lives down in that area. Here's a little nugget for you, Phil is. Um, he is on the home shopping network. Uh, he does the NFL when they have like NFL stuff. He'll be the person describing and talking it. Their studios are down there in St. Petersburg, so that he lives in that market uh, because he does uh, the home shopping network as well. Now I don't know how coaching he had coached in the AAF as well and done some stuff in uh, in some of those uh, you know um, startup leagues, uh, trying to get into the coaching aspect. Now he's a head coach, so. Uh, I wonder how his broadcasting career will uh, maintain. We, we shall see. But uh, got the preseason and then the Amazon Thursday nights. Uh, as we mentioned, they're, they're continuing to expand their coverage. Yeah, it seems like it never ends. I mean, we, we'll probably have to create a spreadsheet before too long as far as the, the total um, talent roster for Amazon Prime Video. And we're just talking about one game a week, by the way, that, you know, the Thursday night game. But they've added a couple other big names. Uh, Taylor Rooks, uh, who is a real up-and-comer um, on mainly NBA coverage up to this point. You know, she's done a lot of work with Bleacher Report, very, very uh, popular young announcer. Um, She, you know, will handle feature reporting for Amazon Prime Video Thursday night's uh, package on on the NFL coverage. And then she also kind of simultaneously got this big promotion over at Turner where she's going to be on NBA on TNT for quite a few features as well. Um, and we'll continue to work with Bleacher Report and other uh, Turner products. And then also Michael Smith has been brought on uh, by Amazon as their news analyst. So Amazon continues to bulk up their um, you know, offerings for that Thursday night. We'll, we'll see how they fit all these voices into their pregame, postgame, halftime shows and see if they also have alternate telecast. Um, you know, they do have the ability to, you know, to run multiple channels at once. Uh, with their streaming service. So maybe we'll see a few uh, Manning casts along the way here too. Yeah, I'm interested in that. I'm also interested to see, you know, do people tune in for pregame on Amazon or do they just launch that app at kickoff? So that's another thing uh, that we'll all be kind of finding out as this new streaming service. Uh, That's the world we live in now is the streaming service on Thursday nights. You have to have it to watch Thursday night football. I guess you could listen on Westwood One Radio if you want to go old school and just kind of sit by the fireplace and listen to who does Thursday nights, maybe Kevin Harlan. It was Kevin Kugler. Uh, I don't know. Is he going to still do the Thursday night game? I wonder. Yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly um, what their, their lineup is, but I think you can figure on probably Harlan or Kugler in that spot. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to get uh, Harlan on and some of those Westwood one announcers here on the announcer schedules podcast. I'm on that. I'm on that. Uh, we'll get uh some of those guys, the guys from Compass Media, and uh, we carry a lot of their games. Compass Sports USA, Westwood One. If you have that coast-to-coast drive or you're making that Sunday drive, you've heard a game on Westwood One. Although Westwood One no longer does Sunday afternoon games. They only do the primetime games. Compass Media and Sports USA do NFL games. ESPN actually does uh, Sunday NFL game, so uh, we'll we'll have to work some of those guys in, and then on college you have Westwood One, 
Um, no Sports USA. Compass Touchdown Radio offers uh, college football games, as does ESPN. That's Gino Toretta who does Touchdown Radio. By the way. That's right. The former uh, Miami Hurricane, Heisman Trophy winner. Gino I'm just Toretta. trying to add more names to the broadcasting ledger here. I, I think we're going to blow through the, the the record for for mentions in, <laughs> in one single episode at this rate. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, all great stuff. Appreciate it. Speaking of college football, we got huge news that I'm sure TJ and John are going to get a lot deeper in on the Sports Media Watch podcast. But uh, Big Ten news, and what are some of the announcer implications with that news? Yeah, so the the report came out, um, I believe it was first broken by Sports Business Journal, that ESPN is out of the Big Ten media rights negotiations. 40 years, 40 years Phil. After a 40-year run, and if you, if you go back with um, ABC, goes back even further. They started carrying Big Ten games in the 60s. So uh, kind of incredible to think that there won't be any Big Ten football on ESPN or ABC, um, you know, moving forward into the future here. But it, what it does is it clears the way for CBS and NBC to join Fox Sports as the Big Ten broadcasting entities. Uh, certainly the moves of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten have risen the stakes that much higher. And then from the announcer standpoint, you know, probably some more big time, you know, prime time opportunities here for folks. Um, maybe we'll see some shifts as far as some more hires from places like CBS and NBC as their inventory goes up. And we'll see what it all means. You know, one one topic that has come up quite a bit is, you know, whether ESPN will continue to cover the Big Ten. And, you know, people have risen um, examples like the NHL or NASCAR um, as examples of where ESPN no longer had the rights and they really uh, cut back on their coverage on places like SportsCenter and things like that. I don't see that the case at all here with college football and the Big Ten. Um, ESPN is such a huge player, if not still the, you know, the number one player when it comes to college football coverage, that they'll continue to, to cover the Big Ten, in my estimation, by, by all means. And uh, with, with shows like College Football Game Day and things like that, I mean, they've never, it, they've never shied away from – bringing college football game day to a game that CBS was covering later in the day or that kind of thing. They're just simply playing what's the biggest story and what's the biggest atmosphere on any given college football Saturday. So, you know, a couple people have th thrown out that idea and, you know, I, I, I think it's easy to shoot holes into that theory. Yeah. Uh, speaking of college football game day, going to be a new presence on that show. Yeah, that's right. A, a new hire over at college football game day. And this one was kind of unexpected. I, you know, I, honestly didn't even know much about this personality or this name until I saw the, you know, the, the hiring release, but a, a new hire there to go along with that veteran crew. And, you know, it should be interesting to see this all fall into place as Jess Sims has been added as a reporter. Now, she is a fitness instructor and has made a lot of money and a lot of headlines as a uh, instructor in the fitness world who kind of is like an authority on, you know, the, the fitness side of things and has all sorts of media entities on that end. She's recently worked with the New York Liberty in the WNBA 
uh, first as an in-arena host and then a sideline reporter. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, maybe they're using her for more lifestyle type stuff because, you know, she, she doesn't have any experience that I see from, you know, directly the college football side of things. But certainly, you know, ESPN over the years has done a great job identifying, you know, the, these up-and-comers and, and, you know, the these um, – talents you know that might not be so obvious you know to to everyone and you know we'll see what uh jess sims brings to the table but that's such a well-oiled machine and the production is so good on that that i'm sure they'll find a great role for her and then of course uh alabama is gonna have a new voice uh at least uh in the interim here yeah eli gold um and i know that you know um john and tj touched on this a little bit last week as well Eli Gold, the longtime radio play-by-play announcer for the Alabama Crimson Tide football program, obviously has called all sorts of championships with with Nick Saban. Uh, He's called Tide football games since 1988. Well, um, we're... Uh, due to some health issues, so he will be out to start the season. Uh, Chris Stewart, who's been around a long time as part of that uh, Crimson Tide radio network, uh, he calls uh, Bama men's basketball along with baseball. Chris Stewart will fill in, and um, you know, hopefully Eli Gold will get well soon. Eli Gold has done some great work in the world of NASCAR as well over the years. I mean, he's got one of these signature baritone voices like none other and um, really hopeful that we'll we'll get to hear uh, Eli and that he gets well soon. All right, uh, there's some college football for you. Let's uh, continue on. MLB got the Field of Dreams game, which was a huge hit last year, Phil. I don't know that Major League Baseball has done a lot of promotion. I didn't even know it was coming up. Yeah, Field of Dreams game coming up uh, once again in, in Iowa. Cubs, Reds this time around. And, you know, obviously the, the big story there is, you know, Joe Buck won't be on the call, you know. And that was such a, a big event, you know, that first time around yeah. with, with Buck and Kevin Costner and so forth. So those are some big shoes to fill once again. <laughs> Joe Davis, that you know, uh, it's like it's he's asked to fill these shoes wherever he seems to go, you know, whether, you know, now number two Fox NFL uh filling in for, you know, replacing Vin Scully of all people. I mean, can you can you have bigger shoes to fill than that? And now filling the shoes of Joe Buck when it comes to the number one baseball over at Fox. So he'll handle things uh, for the Field of Dreams game along with his partner, uh, John Smoltz. And then, of course, Ken Rosenthal and Tom Verducci uh, handling the reporter duties. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, what they kind of just duplicate from the, you know, the first time around with the Field of Dreams and, you know, how they work this production. But uh, seems like a winning formula based on uh, what happened the first time around. Yep. And then uh, we got some news from uh, Red Sox broadcast team. Um, by the way, a Vince Scully connection on one of the calls. Uh, Dennis Eckersley uh, announced that he will be retiring. Yeah, we played that call last week. Uh, you know, Kirk Gibson hitting that home run uh, for the ages off of Dennis Eckersley in that Dodgers A's World Series that Scully had called. Well, Dennis Eckersley, uh, since his playing days, has been a pretty long tenured announcer, by the way. Since 2003, he's been an analyst with Nesson's uh, Red Sox broadcasts and uh he's done some national work as well i remember seeing him quite a bit on on the mlb network i believe at 
at, at one point, perhaps Fox as well. And uh, Eckersley uh, is set to retire at the end of this season. So just wanted to give a, a hat tip to Dennis Eckersley and congratulations on your retirement from broadcasting. Starts to make you feel really old when you watch them play and now they're retiring from their second career, right? <laughs> yeah, don't don't remind me, Mike. Uh, Nick Faldo uh, in the golf world. He officially signed off uh, in an emotional sign-off uh, from CBS. Yeah, Nick Faldo signing off from CBS. We, we talked about this um, earlier this summer as well. Um, you know, he's been synonymous with uh, CBS's coverage of a, a a lot of huge PGA events, including the Masters. Well, uh, he had his final broadcast for CBS. Um, by all indications, he's retiring from broadcasting as well. Although, thinking back to that original press release, uh, he did leave you know a little bit of wiggle room there because the way it was worded was he's retiring from CBS and the Golf Channel. So perhaps there is some still um, work down the road for Nick Faldo, Sir Nick Faldo, but we'll have to wait and see. He uh, signed off. We do have that audio, Phil. Uh, We can play that for the listeners out there. It was a very emotional end uh, to his run with CBS. You said one time, I'm not very often at a loss for words. I am now, except just to say, Nick, um, your final thoughts on this remarkable run. I blew it. You got it, mate. That was already... It's been a great journey. You've always been ready, mate. We've been lucky. Mm -hmm. We've been very fortunate. 16 years. People only knew. Hang on. The time that um, you get to spend together. Let's say you breathe. Five seconds breathing. Okay. You got this. So I was in a boat in Ireland. And uh, they gave me a call and said, how would you like to sit next to Jim Nance? I literally fell out the boat. I really did. <laughs> there was 206, and here we are 16 years later. <laughs> it's been an amazing run. Mm-hmm. And um, Frank, Ian, I know you have a final word too to say to this great man. Yeah, it's been uh, an amazing 16 years. It's been 40 years since we've known you and uh, lots of uh, water under the bridge and maybe a lot more water flying down that East Gallatin River up in uh, Montana. Breathe, breathe, breathe. breathe. Looking forward to it. Nick, if it's about loving this great game. Yeah. Thanks to the crew. As I affectionately and respectfully call you the workers, they put the pictures out. We do the rattling. We have an easy job. Mm -hmm. Thank you all. Means I'm a single child, and I've found that 65 three brothers. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Bless you. You could only see what was in this so tower. So you can kind of hear the – I mean, I don't even know that he really got much out there, Phil. He just could not compose himself. Yeah, I might need to amend my, uh, you know – prediction that he might pop up on broadcasting down the road after that kind of emotion it seems like a a uh end of a chapter for sure for for sir nick faldo but uh yeah he's been at it since 2006 with with cbs as their lead golf analyst along with jim nance so a lot of people very very used to to that duo at that 18th hole tower of all those big events trevor immelman will 
replace Faldo moving forward. All right. Uh, so uh, there's a bunch of stuff there. A couple of little nuggets before we jump out of here this week on the Announcer Schedule podcast, which you can rate, review, subscribe, and get us on the Sports Media Watch feed. Subscribe to that feed. You'll get us. Uh, we drop on Thursdays, sportsmediawatch.com podcast with TJ and John drops on Wednesdays. Tell me a story I don't know. George Offman's podcast. Uh, this week's guest, Wayne Larravee, the voice of the Packers. You can get that one over there. Uh, there is going to be a uh, 30 for 30 on an announcer, uh, probably more on his playing days, but uh, you could do a whole thing on uh, Bill Walton's uh, style of broadcasting, and that was announced by ESPN. Yeah, this is one of my all-time favorites, Bill Walton. I must admit, I'm a you know longtime fan of the the Grateful Dead, just like Bill Walton, and you know can't wait for this thirty for thirty. You know, not not just an incredible playing career with UCLA and the Portland Trail Blazers, but a um, just a eccentric personality <laughs> who brings all sorts of uh, fun to any given broadcast and has a style. Um, you know, one of a kind, no doubt about that. So there will be a 30 for 30 on Bill Walton and his uh, run with the Trailblazers. And it'll be be a lot of fun to, you know, learn even more about, um, you know, behind the scenes, what it's been like to, to be part of his orbit and uh can't wait for for that 30 for 30 on bill walton yeah we'll uh since we're uh getting ready to uh kind of get out of here this week on the podcast we'll tell you who next week's uh guest we will have a guest back next week we figured with all the vince scully uh sound bites that we were kind of playing for you this week that we would um you know hold off on the guest this week but we will have a guest next week and it's going to be a really cool story from roxy bernstein uh many people I uh, have probably heard Roxy on a call somewhere, and he has got a uh, story to tell where he is right now, but an amazing career uh, for Roxy Bernstein, and he's going to be our guest next week. Yeah, Roxy Bernstein, who will be our, our guest next week. Can't wait to catch up with Roxy. By the way, um, one of the regular play-by-play partners of Bill Walton. You know, he, he's done a lot of college basketball uh, for ESPN and also, you know, uh, some other spots out there in the the West Coast, and with Walton as his analyst, I know Walton um, has even brought Roxy to a couple of Grateful Dead concerts <laughs> together. So I can't wait to to pick Roxy's brain on those experiences. But most recently, Roxy has been in Israel uh, with Jay Billis and the Auburn men's basketball team uh, head coach Bruce Pearl, and they made this uh, pilgrimage to to Israel um, as a a college basketball team where they played a series of exhibitions, but also visited a bunch oh, of uh, historic and spiritual uh, locations out in Israel. And um, last time we touched base with Roxy, he was on his way back. Um, I think as we're recording this or, or yesterday uh, to the United States back from Tel Aviv, uh, Roxy's an accomplished baseball announcer as well. And can't wait to catch up with him um, on next week's show. Uh, All right, Uh, so there you go. Roxy Bernstein next week. Now, uh, before we get out of here, we usually like to play a clip or two that we like from the week. We played a lot of Vince Scully. Uh, We gave you the uh, Nick Faldo. But before we get out of here, how about a funny exchange between two separate broadcasts, Phil? Uh, This was, if you're a Mets fan watching on SNY and a Phillies fan watching on NBC Sports Philadelphia, 
the world of uh, social media travels fast as uh, Keith Hernandez uh, had something interesting to say about his desire to be a part of the broadcast when the Phillies take on the Mets this weekend. Here's that. But they always never seem to. Up and in fastball, uh, they never seem to uh, disappoint. I mean, they, they, over the years, now they're hot right now. But I would like to see them. But you know, as far as fundamentally and defensively, the Phillies have always been just you know not up to it. Maybe we can shoehorn you into the schedule now that they're playing well and maybe up to your standards. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. All right, so there's Keith Hernandez on the SNY broadcast, Phil. He basically says, I asked SNY, my boss is there, to be taken off the games because I don't think the Phillies play good enough defense for my standards. Therefore, I don't want to be a part of the broadcast uh, when the Phillies play the Mets this weekend. Well, uh, not too long after that, this happened. Pitch. Hit on the ground to third. Backhanded on a slide by Bohm. The second for one. And that's all they'll get. That's a heck of a play by Alec Bohm. Well, Keith, uh, take a look at this replay from Alec Bohm. So uh, that's Tom McCarthy, the TV voice of the Phillies. Alec Bohm, who's had his challenges at third base, by the way, uh, makes a tremendous backhanded play and makes the throw to get the lead out at Second, and McCarthy subtly jabs. Well, Keith, how about that one there? So I like uh, the two broadcasts kind of acknowledging each other. Yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious if you if you kind of sit back <laughs> and look at it all. Uh, Gary Cohen in the booth there with, with uh, Keith Hernandez, and um, you wonder if this is just like a master troll uh, type uh move by Hernandez or is he serious like I mean uh, an announcer wanting to be taken off a game because of a, a team's uh defensive performance uh, huh right in like, the McCarthy hey great job as far as like you know um being very aware of what's going on at a, at a different location and on a different broadcast and able to you know uh you know voice that response to Hernandez with the Phillies all right, so that was a little fun as we get out of here. Uh, again, Roxy Bernstein next week. Uh, thanks to everybody who has uh, continued to listen, rate, review, subscribe, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you make the announcer schedule podcast a part of your daily routine or weekly routine. We drop on Thursdays over on the sportsmediawatch.com feed. Subscribe to the feed to get three podcasts, all for the price of one, and that'll do it for us. Uh, for this week's edition, for Phil, I'm Mike. Have a great rest of your week, and have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week here on the Announcer Schedules Podcast.